Good evening, everyone. I'm glad that you're here, excited about um, just really talking to you, to you today about um, a few things. You guys had, had a lot of questions um, that you sent in, which is good. I'm going to go over a case study. I lost the deal today. And so I'm going to go over um, the case study on that and just kind of show you why I, I lost the deal. Felt really bad about losing this deal. Um, and then we'll answer your questions. We'll do a little bit of, of the math as well, like we did last week. You guys, you've got to know the math. You've got to know the math. So we're going to go over the math again. But um, put in the comment box, let me know how you're doing. Um, any successes this week? Um, just let me know how you're doing, how, how you feeling. Um, I, I want you to be encouraged, and I want you to make moves. We talked a lot last week about um, credit and credit scores and things like that. And I want to know if you've been working on that. You know, I, I, I keep that kind of near and, and, and close in my mind, um, my credit score. And I probably look at my credit score too much since, since it's free. I've, I've got, um, not only do I have Capital One that uses, um, I can't even remember the name of it now, um, Wise something. But then Navy Federal, you can get a, a free credit score as well. I didn't even know that until this weekend, um, credit-wise, um, on Capital One. So um, I'm mindful of it because you know I've got big goals, and, and a lot of the goals that I have um, are really predicated on on my credit. And so um, just to kind of get this started, while you guys are logging on, um, Janelle is here. Hey, Janelle. All right, so you'll learn a lot, Janelle. And so, um, you know, I, again, credit is very important. And so I, I have a lot of business expenses. And so one thing I wanna do is really maximize my, um, the opportunities that I have using a credit card in terms of um, reward points. And so reward points for me, are, it's big, it's free money. And I discovered it. I was telling my platinum coaching students, um, woohoo, look at Iyana writing another offer tonight. Way to go. All right. And so Iyana's rocking and rolling, you guys. Um, she's um, got multiple streams of income now. She's selling houses, she's, a, she's an investor, she's a mother, a wife. Um, I, I, I really want to sing that song for you, Iyana. I'm every woman but I'll, I'll spare you guys, but she's doing a great job. Clinton says he's feeling grateful to be here tonight and to continue plugging away with his real estate business. All right, let's go, Clinton. And so um, I applied for, I, I studied um, the best business credit cards. And you guys might want to take a note here. I studied the best business credit cards, and there's a lot of them, but... Um, one that stood out was the American Express. And I had American Express in my early 20s and hadn't had one since. And so I, I looked at it, I looked at um, the points that they give you just for joining up. I looked at the points um, that they give you for business expenses, um, airline tickets, hotel, which I don't do a lot of business traveling, but I do have a lot of expenses running you know, my brokerage, and some other businesses that I have, 
So I said, well, let me go ahead and get this business, this uh, business um, American Express. And I applied for it Saturday. It had been on my mind. I said, no, no, I should, no, it was late Friday night. I said, I shouldn't do it. Should I do it? Shouldn't I do it? Decided to go ahead and push the button. And, and, and I did it. And I got approved within two minutes, two or three minutes. And I had never been so excited to get approved for a credit card in my life. I was so excited. It actually arrived today. And so here's what I'm going to do. Now, I don't want you guys doing this, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm getting rid of all of my debit cards. I've been using debit cards almost exclusively probably for the last 10, 15 years, debit cards. Here, here's one thing about debit cards, you guys. It's good. It's really helped my credit because I don't have a, a lot of credit card debt. But there's no, there's really no advantage of using a debit card. You can't. You, there's no points. There's no reward points on a debit card. Um, tons of reward points on credit cards. I didn't even know that my Navy Federal credit card gave points until I started recently reading about reward points and looking at YouTube videos to see that credit card give, gives reward points. So I went online to my um, to my account with Navy Federal and I, I saw that I had like $700 just sitting there for years, didn't even know I had those points. Um, and with, with Navy Federal, it's actually money um, on one of the credit cards. I actually applied for their um, Navy Federal's platinum card that has three times the points, and you got that. And then this this um, this gold American Express. So um, I kind of say all that all this to say, you guys want to play that game that that the money game, um, where you're using your credit cards, you're getting reward points, bonus points, and you're doing something with with that free. I call it free money. So just keep that in mind. All of you guys are entrepreneurs. All of you guys um, have business expenses. You might as well take advantage of those expenses. Now, here's the caveat, you guys. You gotta, you gotta listen to this. This is the caveat. When you get these credit cards, you've gotta pay them off within 30 days or it's better off using a debit card. And so that's the only thing. Um, if you're getting the credit cards, Make sure that you can pay them off because the way the credit um, card companies win, one of the ways, I mean, they win in many different ways, but one of the ways they win is by you paying, of course, you paying the interest on that card. And so <clears throat> you want to make sure you don't do that. That's another reason why I went with American Express because you've got to, in my mind anyway, you've got to um, make that payment within 30 days. Um, it's almost a requirement. I think they've loosened that up, but it's almost it's almost a requirement. So get the credit cards, be responsible with them, with them, but read the fine print. There's a lot of there's a lot of um, things that you can buy, not not just business expenses. I mean, I, I looked at um, the American Express, and there's lots of stores, gas, groceries that. Um, the card I got is like five times the points. And so uh, so that's big. Um, Kevin, Kevin is saying just, just got an offer from American Express with $50,000 
points to start. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I don't know, Kevin, I, I don't know which card that is, but if you decide to get it, use it wisely. But that's free money, you guys. You guys are spending money going out to dinner. Um, you're spending money there. I know some somewhat somebody told me that they saved their points to go on a on a every year to go on an exotic vacation every year, where they're spending somewhere between ten and twenty thousand dollars on a nice vacation. You know, other people use the reward points at the end of the year to um, for Christmas presents um, for their loved ones. Good buddy of mine, a lot, a lot of you guys know, what a really big investor. Um, he actually he uses it so much for um, for his for his expenses, but for his material costs. Um, hey Sharon, for his material costs for his flips, that he's able to use those points to to buy more material, um, um, paint and hardwood floors you can you can cash those points in and so just be mindful of all of those things be mindful of all of those things all right you guys so uh, we've got a few questions um that i want to answer um, one question is um how to find a personal representative and so i've been getting a lot of probate questions and so um i want I want I want to answer this question, but I want to show you how I do it. And so, um, how to find a personal representative in Maryland is the question. And so, I'm going to try to share my screen. Let's let's hope that it works. Let's see here. So, we're going to go here. And so you want to go to the register of wills. So let me let me back up here. Hopefully my screen is being shared here. Is, is this going to take me back? Oh, here we go. All right. So you want to Google Office of Register of Wills. And so here's what I Googled. I Googled Office, I actually Googled Office of Deeds and Wills, and I put MD Maryland. And this is what came up, Office um, of the Register of Wills. And so I clicked here. Um, and then I came over here. Clinton, this, this is for you. And then we, we want to go to a state search. We want to go to a state search. Click on a state search. Come all the way down. Um, I agree to the terms and conditions. Click on that. Now we're here. And so just to give you an idea, I'm going to, um, if you have an estate number, you can put it here. Um, if you have the deceased name, you can put it there to search on them um, to make it easier for myself. So let's say that you want to look up estates in Prince George's County. And so we'll click there. And then I like looking at looking for open estates. So I'll click there, open in a type of states. Um, I believe RE stands for those that have real estate, um, the deceased um, passed with real estate um, in the estate. Obviously, those are the ones that we want. And so um, let, let's go to a range. I'm just going to pull some up. Uh, let's start with um, December of last, I mean, March of last year. And then we'll put in, let's see. March of this year. So that that's the range. 
And then let, let's search there. I will click on the first one here. And as you can see, Clinton, right here where it says personal representative, this is the personal representative of the estate. This is, this is her name, she's the PR, and this is her address. And so if you wanted to um, send her a letter or postcard, this is her address. Um, this is the deceased name. Um, and then in, in these documents here, these will online, these will not open. These aren't going to open. Um, you have to actually go to the probate office and this, this, um, this same screen, this same site will come up, but at the probate office, you can click on, um, these different reports in here. And you see this one has 13. So this is probably one that you want that's gonna show um, the address of the property. And this one has 14 pages, um, I mean, four pages. But I always like to go to the, um, the report that has the most pages, because that's gonna give you the most information. And so that's, that's how you find um, the personal representative. Now, at the, if you go to the courthouse, um, when you open up one of, one of these um, pages here that's in the docket, it's going to have, it's also going to have the personal representative's phone number. So you can call them. Those of you who have um, Deal Machine and other skip tracing um, um, technology, you can just put her name in and her number uh, and her address for that matter to get her phone number. So you can skip trace to get her phone number. Um, so you don't have to go down to the probate office to get that information. But then also you can um, skip trace. Oh, okay. What does that say? Oh, they can't. Okay, but, um, you, but you can also um, skip trace the deceased. And so let, let me go back. I'm not sure if you guys can see the screen or not. Let's see. We can't see the screen. I, where? Come, come around here, by the way. I've got my assistant here that's helping. Yeah, that was share. Um, okay. Give us a second, guys. I had practiced it, but I guess I should have practiced. Huh? You file? You push share screen? Yeah. And then you share screen here. And the I had it here. Was the application window? Click on that. See if that one works. Now push share. Oh, no. It's not going to work. It's okay. All right, you guys. Sorry about that. Um, I'll I'll share the screen next time to um, to to actually show you.
But Clinton, to answer your question, that that's those are the keystrokes. That that's that's where you go to um, to find a personal representative. You can actually go online, um, Google Office of Deeds and Wills, and then um, I was hoping to actually show it to you. Um, but Office of Deeds and Wills, we'll we'll do it next time and. Um, and and we'll we'll be able to I'll be able to get it to you. Um, so so Kevin, just just Google um, Office of Deeds and Wills Maryland, and the first thing that comes up is the site that you go to. I can I can actually I'm I'm coming out of here, so you guys probably cannot see my screen. I just want to give the site. So the site is. Um, is registers with the S, registers.maryland.gov is, is where you go to get that. So I, I apologize. All right, so um, Clinton, that, that's how you do it. If you have any further questions, Clinton, just let me know and I can walk you through it one-on-one. Um, -on -one. Um, I thought we could share the screen on StreamYard and, and I, know it, I know we can. I just um, just just couldn't figure it out. We should have practiced um, Swan. Anyway, you guys. Um, so so I'm getting a lot of questions, you guys, on probate, and so probate is is um, a really is probably the best way to find the best deals, in my opinion. Here's what I want you to know, because I, I get this question all the time. I got it today about probate. Um, a, um, a, a spouse, uh, a child has in, inherited the property. They're ready to sell the property. Their name is on the will. So they have a will and the investor is ready to sign a contract. Here's what I want you to know. You can't sign that contract until they've been appointed, legally appointed the personal representative of the estate or you can't sign that contract until, until whomever's been appointed, the legal representative of the estate has been appointed that. Now, once they've been appointed um, the uh, personal representative, you can then sign a contract. Now, it doesn't mean that you can um, um, purchase the property right away. You still have to wait until the, um, the estate uh, until the personal representative gets the letters of administration, that means it's gone all through the whole process of um, probate. And so you can't buy a property until then um, unless um, their name is actually on the property. Um, and, and because it's willed to them, their name is not on the property. And so that that's um, so you've got to wait until then. You can't purchase the property until then. It's got to go through probate. One, one of my agent investors <clears throat> called me Sunday and had the listing agent on the phone with her. She wants to write an offer on the property. And even though they had filed, um, I, I went into the same site, look, looked them up by name and saw that they filed. They only filed um, like a week ago or two weeks ago. And the paperwork hadn't gone through to approve um, that son to be a personal representative. And so I said to my um, agent, you can't sign that contract yet because if you sign a contract 
and it's dated prior to that personal representative being appointed the personal representative, then um, that contract's null and void. They have to officially um, be named in writing personal representative, then you can sign the contract. Um, so just, just keep that in mind, keep that in mind, you guys. All right, so let me answer some questions here. Um, so Colby, it's the same thing in DC. Just a little um, navigating to get to that site in DC is a little, little more difficult, but do the same, do the same keystrokes and, and, and you can do it. All right, can we have site again? Gave you that. Um, I don't know of um, the meal. I don't know of any contractors in Baltimore per se. When I um, renovate properties in Baltimore, I I, um, I, I mean, I have I've, I've gone to um, Angie's list um, to find contractors and got three bids. But generally speaking, I'll send one of my my crews from from here in the D.C. area to to go up there. Now. I'm shooting myself in the foot a little bit because the labor cost is a little less for the contractors in Baltimore, but I want to make sure that I get the job done and I get it done right. So I rather use my crew. All right. All right. Let's see. Okay. All right. So I think I've answered all these questions that are on the screen. If you guys have any more questions or comments, just go to the comment box. Uh, what type of payment schedule um, do you do with your contractors? So I kind of answered this in a Facebook post, but I'll answer it again. All right. So when you guys are flipping properties, I, I generally do three draws. Let's say that um, the repair cost on a property is $60,000. And so the bank wants you to break up those payments. So I break them up generally into three payments. Um, if it's a smaller job, I'll break them up into to two draws. If it's a bigger job, I'll break it up into four draws. And so let's say, it's, but generally speaking, it's three draws. So I, I have a property now um, in the Brentwood section of Washington, D.C. and Northeast, where the renovation costs, I believe, is um, 90000 And so I have three draws on that. And so the way it works is, I've, I've given, I've already given the bank and my contractors the draw schedule. And so I'm, I'm telling the bank that a third of the work, and this is, this is the work that's going to be done in the first draw. Um, after the first draw is done, they come out and inspect it or they'll have us send pictures. Um, they'll give us the money for the first draw. So then the question for the first draw is, do, do I front the contractor's money to get started um, to get through that first draw? And the answer is yes. And so generally speaking, I'll give the contractors half of the first draw. So if the first draw is $30,000, my recommendation is to give them $15,000 to get, get to get through the first draw. And then at the end of the first draw, I'll give them the other $15,000. Now, if it's a contractor that um, you know I've had a lot of experience with, one that I trust, 
then I may go ahead and front the whole first draw. <clears throat> so then, so then the other question is, where do I get the money for the first draw? Or where should you get the money for the first draw? Uh, most of the flips that I do, you guys, most of the flips that I do, I'll get a private lender. I'll get a private lender to lend me the money, <clears throat> not just to get through the first draw, which is the 30,000. I'll also get a private lender to, to pay for closing costs. So generally when I'm flipping properties, I'll use either my line of credit <clears throat> or a hard money lender for the acquisition to buy the property and for the renovation cost. Um, and so on this property, acquisition was um, the 300,000. No, acquisition, yeah, it was 300,000. <clears> so I bought it for 300,000. Renovation cost is 390. And so I got one loan for 390. And so the hard money lender financed that. And so now I need money for closing costs and to get through the first draw. And so I use the private lender for closing costs and to get through the first draw. I'm going to pay that private lender when I finish. When I finish the project, sell the project, I'm paying them back their their money plus interest, plus 10%. <clears throat> so now I have the money for the for, for closing costs. I've already closed on the deal. Money to get through the first draw. Now, so I so now when I get the money, so in this particular project, I fronted the whole first draw. I gave my contractors all the money for the first draw. Um, when the first draw, the, the work in the first draw was completed, the bank came out, inspected. They gave me, the bank gave me the money for the first draw. I used that money to fund the second draw. The bank is going to come out to inspect the second draw. When they do that and I pass, they're going to give me the money for the second draw. I'm going to use that money to fund the last draw. And then when the last draw is done, when I get the money, then now I, I have the money to either pay back my private lender or to hold until the project is finished. And so that's, that's how I finance my projects. <clears throat> I try to, on my flips, not spend any of my own money. I try everything that I can not to put up money up front because I need money. I always want my money for change orders or you know something that is unforeseen. I'll go in my pocket and pay for that because oftentimes banks, you know, if, if your draw is ninety thousand dollars in renovations and there's change orders, they're not paying for change orders. Most most will not. Every now and then. They'll give you more money, but most will not. So I try to keep my money, especially like right now, I'm renovating four properties. Um, I, I need, I, and, and cash is scarce, especially on these projects, you guys. Um, a lot of these projects, if you're doing multiple projects, multiple flips, it takes a lot of cash. So um, I try to use my cash for um, unforeseen things, things that um, weren't on the draw schedule that sh maybe should have been change orders. They're, they're always coming up with change orders. 
Um, that was not on the draw schedule. Um, we got a stop work order on this same project that I'm talking about. Um, and so we had, we had to uh, pay, we paid a third party inspector to come old, come back a couple times and that wasn't on. So I had to pay the third party inspector in, in DC to pass us. So it's just little things like that. And so that's, that's how I, that's how I do my draw schedule um, on my project. So you just want to make sure that you, you're well-funded. Most, most people, most investors, when they're flipping properties, they lose money. Um, for a lot of reasons, number one reason is they buy the property wrong. And so you've got to do your math. We're getting ready to do some math in a second, but you've got to know your numbers. You've got to know your math. So you've got to buy the property right um, for the right price. You've got to get the right financing, you guys. And hopefully you guys are writing this stuff down. you got to buy it right. you got to do the math. Um, you've got to get the right financing. And the right financing um, simply means, even though I use um, a hard money lender, I don't, um, my terms are very, very favorable because I've established a relationship with hard, with this hard money lender. So my terms are like well under 10% and less than three points. Now, when I use my line of credit, um, it's even better than that, obviously. It's, um, I think my line of credit now is about 4% and one point on my line of credit. And that those numbers are annualized, um, spread out over a year. And so you, you can't get the type of financing where a hard money lender or private lender is charging you like 15% and or 16% and three or four points. I mean, they're, they're really a 50% partner at that point. They're gonna get paid. So a lot of your profits are going out of your pockets. They're, they're a partner. And so you want to shop around. My, my um, recommendation is to get that line of credit. The, the only negative part about a line of credit is sometimes it takes a little longer to, to, for, for a bank to close on a deal. And a project like this one, um, I had to move fast. So I used my, my hard money lender. Um, so you want to buy it right. You want to get the right financing. And then you want to get the right contractors. Contractors can make you or break you. You guys, so you've got to get the right contractors. Um, the contractor has to know the plan, the scope of work, the draw schedule, and and they have to move quickly. Um, they, you can't sit there. Time is money, and so your contractors have to move fast. Um, you've got to have the right. You've got to renovate correctly. You've got to have the right finishes. Depending on the neighborhood that you're in, you've got to renovate to that neighborhood. So when I um, even thought about purchasing the property, I looked at um, some of the after repair value comps to see that, to see how they were renovating their properties. Um, were the kitchens on the wall or were they on, or the sinks on the wall or were the sinks on an island? Um, this particular property, they had two full baths. And so I had to put a full bath on this one, I had to put a full bath in the basement because upstairs there was no room to put an extra bath. So it's three bedrooms and one full bath upstairs. The comps at 660 um, are 
um, three bedrooms, two baths. So you got to look at the comps to see which ones are selling for the highest. <clears throat> and then the type of finishes, the type of wood, um, the wood planks, um, the, even the color, the color schemes, obviously granite, type of stainless steel appliances. Um, and then are the properties being, are they um, being, uh, what am I trying to say? Staged, staged or not. And so um, they are. So when I'm done, I'm going to have a stager. And so, and then the last thing is you've got to sell it for the right price. And you've got to know what that after repair value is. And you've got to sell it for the right price. And if you do all of those things, then, then and without skipping the beat, without skipping the step, then you'll, you know, you'll be golden. <clears throat> Especially in this market, you're golden especially in this market. Um, so I highly advise um, those of you who, who have the wherewithal to find deals. This is a seller's market. I mean, I, we talked to one of, one of my agents um, in our meeting last night who was also a seller on a property. He put his property on the market Friday. Um, by Sunday, he had... <clears throat> By Sunday, he had 120 showings and 26 offers. Put the property on the market. I believe it was, somebody correct me if I'm wrong. I believe he put the house on the market for 515. The winning bid was 575. No appraisal contingency. Obviously, no closing costs, no home inspection contingency. Um, I mean, it was crazy. <clears throat> and the winning bid actually came from an agent out of my office as well. And so for investors, <clears throat> investors, this is the market that we want to be in to sell because we know I can't wait until that property in Northeast um, is finished. My property in Suitland gets finished. I can't wait because I'm expecting the same thing. I mean, my agent was expecting it to be crazy, but not that crazy. And this this was February. We're in, well, we're in the March now, but all throughout the winter months, it, it hasn't changed. Generally, we we slow down in the winter months and start picking up. Um, really now, fall fall. I mean, spring markets really starts now in March, but it never the market never relented. Never. Um, December, it was hot. There was no inventory. Um, January, February, no inventory. <clears throat> now, I believe that uh, sellers are going to start selling. We'll have more inventory um, now that we're in the spring market and then summer market. There'll be more inventory. But for us investors, we're on the right side. We're on the winning side of the equation. The equation is the buyer side or the seller side. Seller side is winning. That's why it's a seller's market. So sellers are winning and investors are winning. And anybody else who's representing sellers and, and um, or supporting sellers and investors, wholesalers who are supporting investors, fighting investors deals, they're winning. You're on the winning side. Wholesalers, Find me a deal. I will pay you top dollar 
and many other cash buyers on this on in on this meeting will as well. Or if you're a real estate agent, you want listings. And so we're preaching in the brokerage listings because on the listing side, um, our agents are winning, sellers are winning. So that, that's what you want to do. Um, Sharon, all right, thank you, Sharon. Santia is in the house. Hey, Santia. Um, and, and so that's what you guys have to start thinking. And so you've got to start marketing. You really have to start marketing to find the deals to take advantage of the market that we're in. Like that's my only focus right now is to take advantage of the market that we're in. And I want you guys to take advantage. You, you can't sit on the sidelines. You've got to take action. And so in a minute, I'm going to ask you what that action is. Actually, I'm going to ask you now. What's the action? What are some of you guys put in the comment box? What are some of you guys doing right now to take advantage of this market? Lorraine says, actually, Lorraine, I owe you a phone call. I forgot I was preparing for this, and but I'm going to call you. So she actually found a property that um, is either in foreclosure or going to foreclosure. Um, the, the, the homeowner had found bankruptcy, but she's out there and she's out there finding properties. Um, Shalante says, what's she saying? Oh, wholesalers. Okay. Shalante uh, said, wholesalers, find her a deal. Shalante, put your information in, in, the, in the comment box so they can find you. She's looking for deals. Um, Demil, texting, cold calling. That's what you've got to do. You guys have to be on the hunt every single day, no days off to find a deal. For some of you guys, finding one deal will change your current situation. Making twenty thousand, thirty thousand on a on a wholesale deal, making seventy, eighty, a hundred thousand dollars on a flip. Um, that's not a lifetime of wealth, but it could change your current situation. And so let's find that. Let's find that one deal. Clinton is saying cold calling, driving for dollars, staying focused. Good. Greg Gamby, driving for dollars. He thinks he found one today. Good. Um, Lynn is saying driving for dollars daily. We've got to take advantage of this opportunity. Let's not let this opportunity slip by. Cash buyer, Davis Property Development at Gmail. Hit her up. You guys find a deal, hit her up. Find a deal, hit me up. Let's, let's go. Let's all win. But we've got to be out there on the hunt. And so what does that mean? It means social media. You've got to be posting on social media. If you're looking for deals, if you're looking for properties, you've got to be willing to let the whole wide world know. You've got to let the whole world know. Um, Alvis, he's looking for deals. He's saying he's um, at auctions. And so um, that property today, Alvis, I'm getting ready to tell the story, but that property actually went, actually went to auction. Um, and so those are the things that you guys have to do. Social media, cold calling, driving for dollars, um, direct mail to a targeted area, um, probate. We talked about probate and really just branding yourself, just getting the word out, wearing some, something on you that says that you're a real estate investor. Tax sales. I'm going to talk about tax sales, um, Lynn, 
probably next week or the week after. I, I may or may not bring a specialist on, but it's tax sale time. And so I'm going to talk more and more about um, tax sales as well. Um, oh, Sharvita. Sharvita is saying that she needs some deals too. So look, look, wholesalers. And we've got about 47 people on a call tonight. Probably 90% of you guys are wholesalers. We've got cash buyers. Um, Sharvita is a cash buyer. Albus is a cash buyer. Um, I'm missing. Shalante is a, a cash buyer. So sometimes, um, sometimes the bids are too. Sometimes the bids are too high at the auction. But you guys just got to keep going. You just got to keep going. You got to keep bidding. You just never know. But here, here, here's why the bids are high at the auction. And there's lots of people at the auction because they know what type of market we're in. They know what type of market we're in. And so one of my agents, one of my agent investors called me on, I believe it was Thursday or Friday of last week. They said that they had a property. Um, they were calling a pre-foreclosure list. You guys listen to this. They were calling a pre-foreclosure list. Got a hold of a um, an owner of a property. He was actually the personal representative of an estate. Had already gone through all the steps, had his letters of administration. But he was holding out. I don't know if he was waiting on a miracle. His brother was staying in the property. Um, she called, got a hold of him on... Thursday, we negotiated a price um, on Friday. I find out late Friday that the house is up for auction. They had an auction date for today, Tuesday. Now I'm trying to work through the weekend. I said, well, let, can I, can I please, can I please call the um, personal representative? She gave me his number. I, I, I never even saw the property. Um, my agent did, and she sent pictures, but there was just no time for that. We, we, I tried to work through the weekend to try to figure out a strategy to try to stop the foreclosure. I can stop a foreclosure at least e easily two weeks before the auction, sometimes a week before an auction, but it's, it's very rare to stop an, stop an auction one or two days, stop a foreclosure one or two days before the auction. So the plan coming to yes into yesterday Monday was to try to call the the, the um, attorney. So they had a local attorney here, um, and so we all did. I called uh, my agent called personal representative called the attorney referred us to the lender. Called the lender. Lender referred us back to the attorney. So they played that game. So then finally I said, look, let's just pay off, pay the arrears. So we, so they were able to call and get the amount to bring the mortgage current, which wasn't really a lot of money. It was like $24,000. Um, and they, in total, they owed about $90,000. So I said, look, we're not going to play the game. Let's just, let's just wire them money so that they'll stop the foreclosure. And they gave us a runaround. They, they wouldn't do it. 
Um, again, the bank said talk to the lend to the um, attorney. Attorney said talk to the bank. Really wouldn't give us the wire instructions. Went actually went to auction today, and the person who won the auction now after repair value on the property is about three eighty. We actually went under contract. We went under contract for 200. We went under contract for 200. ARV is 280. The house got bidded up today. 300,000 got bidded up. It got bidded up so high that the seller in this case, the personal representative in this case, actually won. He won. And the reason he won is because even though the house went to foreclosure, he actually won because he's going to sell the house to us for 200. He was going to make whatever that difference was. Let's just say it was a hundred thousand dollars, 110, but he'd have to pay some fees. The bank is not allowed when they foreclose, you guys, they're not allowed to make money. They're only allowed to collect the amount that's owed on the mortgage, which in this case was 90. They had to give the seller the rest of the money. So they'll get the rest of the money in about 90 days. So the bank won. They got their money. The seller actually won, even though the house went to foreclosure, um, because it, it the, the high bid went to 300000 So they made more money than they would have made um, if it didn't foreclose and sell it to me, everybody in this deal won, but us, we, we all lost. So I lost, um, my agent lost. I was actually going to, um, wholesale the deal actually to Alvis. So, so we all lost, we all lost on that deal. But my, my lesson, <clears throat> um, on this is in a situation like that, uh, my regret is when I first found out on Friday, my, my thought was to try to stop the foreclosure. Um, my plan B was, uh, my, my plan A was to stop the foreclosure using our contract. Plan B was just to um, bring the mortgage current. Uh, my lesson was plan A should have been to um, bring the mortgage current from day one. I should have just wired the money day one. Um, because I didn't have a lot of time to play with and stop the foreclosure that way, especially in this market, especially what we negotiated with them. It was a great deal. But anyway, anyway, you guys, lessons learned, lessons learned, lessons learned. All right. So let, let's, um, I'm going to give, this should be easy, but I'm giving away $100 tonight. I do want to say that DeMille won last week and he was at my office the next day. I want to say bright and early, but it wasn't bright and early. And but I was happy to give that to him. I had a nice chat with Demille. And so I'm going to give away another hundred dollars, you guys. The first person to answer this question, write it down. Write it down. Uh, should we include Demille on this one since he uh, since he won last week? Should we put in put in the comment box? Should we include him? Uh, I, I think I'm going to include him. I think I'm going to include him. All right, you guys. Write this down. And so 
I want to know what the wholesale fee is on this one. What's the wholesale fee? How much are you going to make on this one? All right. Demil saying yes. <laughs> All right. What's the wholesale fee? I'm looking for the wholesale fee. <laughs> Look, uh, Swan is saying, I see you. Um, all right, after repair value is eight hundred thousand. After repair value is eight hundred thousand. Um, repair cost is a hundred and sixty thousand. ARV is eighty eight hundred eight hundred eight hundred thousand. Repair cost is 160,000. Tell me what the tell me what the um, wholesale fee should be. Tell me what the wholesale fee should be. And so Kevin, um, while you guys are um, answering that question, um, I'm, I'm going to answer your question. So my next step, if, if I would have been able to stop the foreclosure, um, which I'm kicking myself, I should have been able to, then uh, my next step would have been to get the title company to run title, which I, which I had, and, and then proceed to settlement in a week or two. That would have been the next step. That would have been the next step. All right, so let's see. Um, we've got... Eric Williams has got $40,000 in wholesale fee. Lynn has, um, looks like she's got 41,000. No, what's that? That's 416,000. DeMille has 40,000. Donnell has 40,000. Looks like the winner is Eric Williams, Eric Williams with the 40,000. Eric Williams with the 40,000. Nope, you're too late, Lorraine. You're too late. All right, so here's how we got that. Way to go, Eric. Eric, um, come by the office tomorrow. I got you. Um, good job. Good job. Good job, DeMille. A little slow this time, DeMille. A little slow on that calculator. Donnell, 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 we need to sit down one-on-one. -on -one. We've got it one-on-one. -on -one. You got it right. You know what you're doing, Donnell. Um, Lorraine as well. Good job. All right, here, here's how we got that. Uh, Swan, you almost won it. All right, so look, $800,000, we are going to take, um, if we do it as a wholesale, you're going to take 65% of the $800,000 and you're going to get uh, 520,000 minus the 160 in repair costs is going to give you 360,000. That 360,000 is what you're going to offer the motivated seller. That's your offer to the motivated seller. That's your offer, 360,000. When you're able to get them under contract for 360,000, you're going to do the math for the cash buyer. The math for the cash buyer is 800,000 times 70%. I'm buying, especially in this market, I'm buying at 70% all day long. 
So 800,000 times 70% is 560,000 minus the $160,000 in repair costs, which is um, 400,000. So you take the, so I'm buying that 400,000. Cash, if the wholesaler puts it on the contract for 460, they offer to it to me at 400, I'm buying all day long. Bring me the assignment agreement, I'm signing, signing it. The difference is, the difference between the 400,000 and 360,000 is $40,000, $40,000. Um, um, the repair cost in this case is $60,000, $60,000. That's the repair cost, $60,000. And so who can tell me, this is not for the money, this is not for the money, but who can tell me um, when you're renovating a property for $600,000, you are renovating the property, the after repair value is $600,000. After repair value is six hundred thousand. You've done your due diligence. After repair value is six hundred thousand. You've got an appointment in two hours. I'm not around. Nobody's around. Nobody's around. You have to determine what the repair cost is going to be, so that you can do the Mayo formula to come up with exactly what you're going to offer. At, at the ARV at 600,000, somebody put in the chat box, what should be the repair cost? What should be the repair cost? Nope. Repair cost, Donnell. All right, so Donnell got it right. Repair cost, oh, DJ got it right too. All right. The repair cost should be around 120,000. Because we're just, if we don't know, we don't have a contractor, we don't have a cash buyer out there, we don't have a coach or a mentor, we're going to take you guys. There's no excuse not to go out and get that contract signed and make and make them an offer. The um, We're going to take 20%, you guys, we're going to take 20% of the after repair value. Generally, about 80% of the time, you're going to be dead on. You're going to be dead on. And... Um, that's 120,000. All right, here's something that I'm not sure that I, I've gone over, but I think I have. Let's say in the first case in, in the first case study, I, hopefully you guys wrote all that down. In the first case study, I might give no, nah, I already gave out money. In a first case study, what should be the profit? What should be the profit in the first case study? What should be the profit? I'm buying a property at 400,000. ARV is 800,000. What should I expect? What should I expect to, to, to profit on that deal? What, what should I expect to profit in a first case study where the ARV is 800,000? What should be my what should be my profit? Somebody put in the chat box. What I mean in the uh, comment section. What should be my profit? Anybody know? Anybody? 
Somebody make a guess. What should the profit be? Okay, maybe I haven't gone over this. All right, you guys. All right, we've got some good guesses, but no. Donnell says no. Carlos is saying 140. No. Eric is saying 120. Donnell is saying 240. No, no, no. Lynn is saying 400 as a profit. Profit. After repair value is 800,000, what, what should I expect in my mind? What should I expect the profit to be? There you go, Tina. There you go, Tina Taylor. OTT got it, 160. I want, I want a profit. Generally speaking, I want a profit, my profit to be 20% of the after repair value should be my profit. Keep in mind, you guys, as a cash buyer, I'm going 70% of the after repair value minus repair cost. And, and so that leaves 30%. I'm buying at 70% minus repair costs. That leaves me 30%. 10% of that is either going to um, carrying some carrying costs, other fees, lender fees, closing cost fees, things like that, fees, depending on how you finance the prop property. And it could go to miscellaneous too. And so that leaves us, so 70%, and then 10%, at least us 20%. I really want that 20% to be my profit. So 20% of the 800,000 is 160,000. And so that's the profit that I want. That's the profit that I expect. Um, it's generally not the profit that I get. Remember, everything has to be perfect. You've got to buy it right. You've got to get the right terms in the financing. You've got to get the right contractor. You've got to have the right finishes. You've got to stage the property and you've got to sell it for the right price in the right amount of time. Because that's the other thing I didn't mention. On most, most lenders, especially a hard money lender, if you go past the, the six months or if you go past the 90 days, now they start um, chop, now they start adding on late fees. And late fees can kill you especially in this market, late fees can kill you. Um, and there's delays, especially with delays with getting permits um, because you know in this COVID environment, a lot of the inspectors are working from home. Um, so inspections are delayed, permits are delayed, um, materials. It's hard getting material costs. Materials are sky high, but then they're hard to get sometimes. And so there's lots of delays. So you've got to factor that in. But base, best case scenario, you want um, you want your profit to be about 20%. And in that first scenario, in that first case study, that was 160,000. All right, you guys. Um, any other questions or comments that I that you guys may have for me um, before we adjourn this meeting? Um, didn't get a lot of questions this time um, from the emails. Uh, I'll have the um, I'll, I'll have the um, the screen 
the, sh the sh screen share fixed next time, or we'll or we'll use um, uh, go to meeting. But um, there's a few things I want to go over comps and and how to get the ARV and things like that next time. And so, um, but the biggest takeaway, you guys, is there's lots of opportunity out here. I really want you guys to do everything you can to really take advantage of the opportunities. You guys know why you're here, why you're in real estate, why you're real estate investing, why you're on this call tonight. Like you've got to know why you're here. Why, why are you here? What, what's your big why? Like what's your motivation? And whatever that is, push yourself, you guys, push yourself to, um, to accomplish that. Like I, I want to, I want a better life for my daughter. So I think about my daughter a lot. That's my big why. I think that you know I want to have you know I want to live. I want to leave a legacy. I want to leave generational wealth. I want to live up to my fullest potential. All those types of things are my why. Um, and everybody has a different why. My why used to be uh, when my daughter graduated from college that she wouldn't have. Um, any student loans. And so I, you know, so she graduated in May. And so I accomplished that. Now your why, your motivations change, your goals change. You accomplish one goal and then you move on to other goals. And so what is your goal? What is your goal now? And so whatever that is, have tunnel vision, focus. I want you to focus on it and do a little something every single day to accomplish that goal. You've got to make moves. Even getting this, um, I started the meeting off with um, this credit card, this American Express, so that I could get reward points because I'm throwing away money by using my debit card, which is not making me any money. And the American Express, as long as I pay that thing off in 30 days, building up points. And with that, with that reward points, Lots of things I can do. That's a little. That's a little thing. So look, but it's a baby step, moving in a direction of where I really want to be. And so that's one of the little things that you guys can do. But you got to do more and more little things um, to accomplish your goals. But you've got to know your why. You've got to know your why. Um, I think Chloe had a question. Oh, how do you calculate ARV? And so, Chloe, I'm going to go through that next week. But the easy answer is, um, Chloe, you can get the after repair value in a number of different ways, one of which is um, on the MLS, the multiple listing service. If you're not a real estate agent, and then, then I would align myself with a real estate agent that can pull comps for you. Um, kind of one-off deals. If you find a property and you want me to run the, um, the get the ARB for you, just text it to me, and I'll, I'll get the ARB for you um, pretty quickly. But you've got to learn how to do it on your own. And so another way that I even use, I, I use Zillow sometimes, um, or I'll cross-check my comps with Zillow. And so I'll go on to Zillow, look at the Zestimate, um, and the Zestimate is not the after repair value, but I want to see how how Zillow got the Zestimate. The Zestimate is going to be the average or the median um, of the properties, of like-kind properties. 
And so I'll pull up a property. They'll give me the Zestimate. Let's say, for example, the Zestimate is 400,000. It'll have a range of, let, let's say, houses that recently sold for 350,000, 375,000, 400,000, 450,000, maybe 500,000. And if that 500,000 is the highest in the Zestimate, more than likely, it's probably the after repair value. Now, I'm able to cross-check it with the MLS. Um, but I use the Zestimate. And so if all else fails, use that. Use, use the, um, the high-end um, Zestimate, the, the comp on the high-end um, if you go to Zillow. Um, but for now, um, Chloe, I'll, I'll bet it. I'll bet a deal. But make sure it's a deal. Make sure it's a deal that um, it's a property that you've got an appointment to go on. Um, you guys just don't start texting me just random addresses and say, pull cops for me. Uh, make sure it's something real, that you've got an appointment to go on and you need to know what the after repair value is. Um, and I want you guys to make appointments. That's the name of the game. You've got to make appointments. Don't overthink this thing. Oftentimes you guys will say, can you pull the comps? Can we go over this property? And, and the first thing I say is, well, do you have an appointment? Have you even called the seller to see if they're interested? Well, no, I was driving down the road. I was driving for dollars and I saw this property. Can you um, pull comps for me? I'm like, do they even want to sell? Like call them. Like I can spend some time doing this and I'm happy to, but nobody wants to waste their time. And so get an appointment first and then we'll go ahead and do, you know, do our homework then. Um, Greg Gamby, um, PropStream is good. So, so Chloe, you can use PropStream, you can use Real eFlow. Um, a, a, lot of the, a lot of our investors are using PropStream they cross-check it with the MLS and they're dead on. I know Tori does. And Tori will tell me what, what the after repair value is. I'll look it up on the MLS and he is he's a hundred percent every single time. So prop stream, like Greg Gamby has said, you can use that to pull your comps. But also you can use a real estate agent and then there's some technology, some um, apps that you can use as well. All right, you guys, um, it's 9.06. Let's take some action. That's the name of the game. Let's win. You're not going to win, sit idly by, doing nothing, watching everybody else win. Let's get in the game. You're here for, for a reason. Let, let's know what that reason is, and let's go. Let's do it. Let's be great. I want you guys to be great. I want you to be greater than you think you can be and be a, be a shining example for everyone around you, especially your children especially your children. Uh, we want to make you know this world, this life great for our children. Um, and so let's go. Let's get it now. If you guys need me, you know how to contact me, please contact me. I want to be part of your success. I want you to grow. And if you grow, I grow. If I'm able to bless you, then you know I'm going to get my blessings too. So contact me if you need anything. But let, let this be a great week. Like, let's go hard this week. No days off. Let's go hard this week. All right, you guys, follow me on um, Instagram. Let me pull up. Um, 
follow me here on Instagram. Um, Janelle, just subscribe to my YouTube channel. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. We're going to be putting more and more content on our um, YouTube channel. If any of you guys um, are interested in um, joining our brokerage, um, go to joinbrs.com. That's joinbrs.com. Um, contact me. We're actually having a career night tomorrow night. So we're having a career night tomorrow night. Um, hope to see you guys there. Or um, for private consultation, private meeting, go to joinbrs.com. Follow me on Instagram. Let's go, you guys. Um, there's lots of money to be made out here. Your excuse is you don't know what to do. You don't have a resource. You don't have a coach or a mentor. That's not your excuse. Your excuse is I didn't find time to take action. That's what I hear. I didn't find time. Find the time. Find the time to improve yourself, to become wealthy. Find that time. All right, you guys. God bless. Take care. And I will talk to you soon. Good night.